Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I'm James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. <laughs> and, and I want to talk about the number 23. What do you think? <laughs> I, okay, I still think I made the right choice, but like, <laughs> it wasn't like a great choice that I had. I, God damn it, I hate this movie. I, I can't remember what the name of the movie was, but I have seen Jim Carrey in a serious role before and he was good and he sucked in this. So it has to be the director's <laughs> fault. And the scriptwriter and, you know, all that kind of stuff. With respect to the quality, uh, I let me make something clear. I'm about to criticize this movie pretty heavily, but I'm pointing the blame squarely at the director and possibly the writer. Or, you know, because the story's stupid. <laughs> all of the technical people who worked on it, even the actors, um, the set designers, costumes, special effects, lighting, makeup, they're all fine. That's, I, that's not the issue here. This movie is... Poorly shot, uh, with bad dialogue, and <laughs> acting that, to me, reeked of phoning it in, but I know it's not the actors. I think this movie was just that lackluster to work on. Oh, wow. How do I be... Okay, the story makes no sense at all. <laughs> like, there, there is no... Nothing that anyone does in this movie makes sense based on what happened in the previous scene. Um... <laughs> And Jim Carrey, Russ was right when he said he wasn't being serious. Like, sure, it's not technically a comedy. It's not a comedy. But it's pretty lighthearted giving the serious things that are going on in these people's lives, like mental degradation and murder and all this kind of stuff. Um, it has possibly the dumbest twist I've <laughs> ever seen, <laughs> where Jim Carrey gets... gets uh, uh, obsessed over this book with the number 23 blood and it turns out he wrote it like it's the dumbest thing in the entire world i i can't yeah what that. was the story with that had he like erased his own memory or something he, he i don't remember why he forgot he jumped out of oh, yeah 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 oh that's right yeah 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 and defenestration guaranteed memory cure that's right yeah he, he had just the right amount of cranial trauma to not become a vegetable but also to forget stuff Right, I, and, and every otherwise recover a hundred percent. Yeah, everything else totally fine. No loss of motor function or speech, just the memories. I've ripped on Marvel movies in the past for being kind of mid and blah, but they're so much better. Even the worst Marvel movie is so much better than this movie. It's it's like at least the plot kind of makes sense, and the lasers are fun. They, they don't. There's no. There's nothing. Breed. Like, this movie, in a way, is very perfect for this podcast, because it absolutely doesn't need to exist. <laughs> like, I just don't... I, I've i seen Joel Schumacher movies, and usually they're, like, kind of fun. But this one is... Not this one. It's different. Yeah. This, I, it is I different. I this movie. Dude. Zero out of five stars. I would never watch this movie again. Wow. Impressive. Absolutely did just and, and it wasn't that long of a movie, but it felt like it was. <laughs> God, I 
there was so much stuff I wanted to say, and I just had to start cutting some of it out because I don't want to take up forever. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Fry, what did you think? You know, your honest opinion when you saw it. It's a fine way to spend a, an hour if you got nothing better to do. Interesting. <laughs> I was infuriated. Oh by this no! Film. See, I didn't hate it. It wasn't one of my mm. favorites for sure. Right, right. No, and that's fine. We can we can differ on that, obviously. But it was just God. It infuriated me to no end. And, and and by the way, personal opinion, but I thought the pacing did drag. I thought it was too slow. And also, I I also think, and this again may be a result of the directing, but I don't think Jim Carrey can do noir because the the flashbacks to the other story are all kind of done in a noir, like a yeah, almost like kind of reminded me of like a. Like a gritty, um, it was like a Sin night City. When the dame walked yeah, the exactly. Well, except that it was more comic booky, like Sin City. Not quite as not as good, not anywhere near as good as that. But it had that kind of feel to it, like black and white and high contrast. But it was terrible. Like it was. I thought I was watching like a the grade school play. Like it was so bad. Well, you were reading yeah, I don't the. Know. I, well, it's because those scenes were acting out the scribblings of a madman. So they weren't real written. <laughs> So they were supposed to be bad. You can deliver <laughs> a bad line bad. in an interesting way. If you defend a movie by saying that it's supposed to be bad in some way or another, doesn't that kind of make it hard to convince someone to watch it? Uh, well, it wasn't that hard to convince someone to watch it. Hey. Well, you were now. Hold on a sec. You were up against Michael Bay Burn. in a much longer movie. So, yeah, Somebody I did have that going some for ice. You. No. Imagine any other context where I would have watched this one. <laughs> oh my god. I I knew I was I, I knew going in like I was like this probably won't be for me, but I thought maybe I could laugh at the conspiracy theories th- theory stuff. But it, it always infuriates me in these movies like the reasonable people in the movie are either in on it or they're wrong. And I oh that drives <laughs> yeah. me nuts. Have you started seeing the number 23 in your life? No, in okay, your give life, it time. not at all. Also, the way the various ways that they arrive at this number. Oh my God, Rush, you're gonna have to cut this. <laughs> the various ways that they arrive at the number are so fucking bullshit. Like sometimes they'll take a sequence of numbers and add all of them up, and sometimes they'll take a sequence of numbers and by some arbitrary definition add the two sides up. It is. The stupidest thing I have ever seen. Yeah, sometimes they'll add up the values of the letters in a word, and then sometimes yeah. they'll count the number of letters in a word. Yep. It's yep. it's it's just whatever works to get you to twenty three. It's not any kind of logic. Yeah, it's thing. it's like if yeah, I could find give me any like reasonably small number and I could find it everywhere and doing that's the that point. kind of thing. Like it's it's ridiculous. And then you have to bash your own noggin and then write a noir detective story to get you to figure out that the number 23 is just a number. I Man, well, no, I think it was, okay, this is the part where I got kind of confused because I was yelling at the TV. But <laughs> I think, I don't know if it was intended to guide him back to, hey, you killed someone, you're a bad person. But like, I don't know, man. It was a suicide note. It was intended to be a suicide note. His suicide oh, noir right, story. Right, right, right. Because yeah, jumped, yeah, yeah. That's right. He, that's right. He started writing a suicide note, and then he got confused and wrote a noir story, like happens to people, <laughs> I suppose. And then he jumped out a window and forgot about it. What's not to like? <laughs> that is that is an accurate summary of this stupid, <laughs> stupid plot. The aristocrats. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Anyway, all right, I'll stop talking about it now. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this movie at all. Oh, we got sports today. Yeah, I am real curious about this one, gents. Are you seeing the gleam in my eye? Are you seeing the gleam in my eye? (laughs) Shall we play the game? Sure, why not? Landed several of those inside low kicks. Well, I... Russ, you you were the winner. I guess I have to go second then. All righty. Well, Fry, would you tell me about your film, please? All right. Uh, my my sport is ice skating, which okay. absolutely is a sport. We're not going to have any. <laughs> Why are you being defensive about that? I, I don't, I don't, Fry, I don't have no a strong opinion about that. I do not have a strong opinion about sports, and it's competitive. So, sure, it's a sport. It's yeah, in the I'm Olympics. It. it must be a sport. Yeah, uh, I don't have I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> and so my movie is I Tanya about the li- a, a oh Tanya Harding about Tanya Harding the uh, biopic about her life and as they refer to it the incident. I immediately have a question. What's your question? I'm s- super curious. So okay, so it's not a documentary; it's a biopic. Okay, yeah. Okay, so is it told? On the side of Tanya Harding? Or do we get like a five-minute knee-bashing scene? <laughs> we don't five get a five-minute knee-bashing scene. The knee-bashing oh. itself happens pretty quickly. But it, it is... Oh, so, but it is on camera. It's not off-camera? It's not off-camera. Oh, uh, spicy. The movie sets up the narr- the how the narration and how the story is going to be told really interestingly. Because it starts yeah. off by showing just an introductory clip from all the different people in Tanya Harding's life that were interviewed for the movie. And oh, right. So this is these aren't documentary clips. These are clips that are reenacted with actors, the actors that play the role in the biopic. And right. they they start off a little contradictory and they they point off the <laughs> they point out this is the totally true and wildly con- this is based off totally true and wildly contradictory interviews. So, <laughs> so everyone who did an interview swore they were telling the truth. And at times we cut back to those interviews where there's really a difference of opinion about what happened. Like whether or not Tonya right. Harding ever shot a gun at, at her husband. Uh, <laughs> Jesus okay, you know, I'm glad you said that because my next question was going to be, I know about her hiring someone or something to bash somebody's knees in. I even forget who it was, but Galuli. Um Jeff Galuli. Yeah, that's Yeah. Um but I didn't know that she had other um incidents that were dramatic and ridiculous in her life. So I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad there's more than just that. So this story, this movie starts when she's 4. That's how far back we go. Uh Wow. Damn. Essentially All the, the first psychological time she... damage. Oh, yeah. There is so much psychological damage in this movie. She has an extraordinarily abusive mother played just wonderfully by Allison Janney. Mm. Uh, just, oh, God, you will you will hate her by the end of this. <laughs> yes. uh, and, then you'll remember, and then you'll remember Allison Janney is an actress who is amazing and you won't hate her anymore. But the character, oh, you'll hate her. Well, well that's what we call love. That's what we call love to hate. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She gets Tanya Harding started at ice skating when she's four, essentially because 
that's all Tanya likes to do, and she wants to be able to not have to deal with her kid for a little bit. Four seems like kind of young to do ice skating. That's like gymnastics. It's one of those things where you have to get, like, if you're going to compete on the world stage, you have to start from the time you're a fetus. And Ta- oh, okay. I was. Th- I thought they would start at like eight or ten or something. That seems pretty young. Standing. Well, and Tanya is something mm. of a of a prodigy. Like she, oh, yes. for all the controversy and for all the you know what people remember her for now, she mm. was one of the best ice skaters in the world. And, well, I mean, she went to the Olympics. Yeah. I don't think anyone was questioning that. Well, no one. <laughs> that was not why people remember her. <laughs> if you ask people what Tanya Harding is famous for, it ain't going to be her her world class ice skating at this point. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think that's a given, right? Yeah. Like, I knew she was an ice skater, and I knew she was in the Olympics. I can put those two together and determine she was probably a pretty damn good yeah. ice skater. But that's not what's interesting about her. Yeah. So she was a pretty damn good ice skater from a young age, and God, yeah. did she get abuse for it constantly. Like, her training regimen consisted of her mom drinking while yelling, you could have done that better at the ice rink. <laughs> Very Japanese. <laughs> yeah, except uh, this this is not said in Japan. All, you even suck! The, even the other moms are like, dude, maybe you ought to give her a break. She's like four. Yeah. But no, no. I saw a TikTok yesterday where it was a small girls basketball tournament. Like, I'm talking fifth graders. And all these little girls are, you know, being sports about it. And when someone misses a shot, they go over and, you know, give them high fives. And like, don't worry, you'll try it. You can can do it on the next go. This little girl steps up to do a free throw and she just airs it like it, it doesn't even touch the rim it just sails yeah. <laughs> and in the midst of this silent gym after this little girl's just missed a shot you hear air ball <laughs> <laughs> and the entire crowd turns to see who did it and the woman who did it goes i'm her mom it's okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean i mean we have we have overbearing parents here too it's just that you know <laughs> don't I don't remember where kids. I was going with that sentence. Yeah. yeah. So you should say try her, not to shit on your kids. <laughs> her abusive childhood with her mom leads her to grow up and seek out abusive relationships, including mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Galuli, who, as we know, oh, he was her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He was her husband. Husband. In fact. Oh, okay. Although they mostly got married, so. Here's an interesting thing the movie talks about with regards to mm. ice dancing as a sport. It's not <laughs> it's not just ice dancing. Well, it's not just the performance you do on the ice. It's your presentation, right. it's it's they're essentially judging your life, not just your performance. And so they were pointing yeah. out like, "Hey, well, you know, you don't you're not married with a husband, you you're just shacking up with this guy, you're she chooses very different music for most people. Like at 15, she was doing a ZZ top thing when everyone else was doing classical music right. uh, for, for her performances. And she's a, she's a self-admitted redneck. You know, she describes herself that way yeah. in the movie. And they're like, Hey, you've got to, you've got to fit in if you want to do well in this. So she has, she winds up marrying Jeff in part to get her that image of all American, <laughs> you know, good girl sort of stuff definitely a good reason to get hitched no it wasn't uh although they do say that, they do say that there were a couple of good days in there so i guess that's good for you. 
and Jeff has this friend. What is Jeff's friend's name? Because uh, he's the dumbest person alive. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's friend is Sean Eckert. And at least okay. the way this movie is put together, Sean Eckert is really the loosely put brains behind the operation of what happened to Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> Quote unquote brains. Uh, <laughs> And, and watching him do the dumbest series of crimes imaginable is really one of the funniest things about this movie. Like, he's he's constantly talking about, like, oh, I'm a bodyguard. I I know some guys in Massachusetts who can get this done for us. We just have to get the money to yeah. them. He's, he's just constantly acting like he's this big shot. And he's not. He's just some guy from Portland. And He's that guy in Ronan that was started talking, like, gun stuff with um what's his face his character and he was like oh, what kind of gun do you like shotgun and he's like it's a toolbox you use the right thing like he's he's the guy who went and was all like yeah. that in ronin yeah exactly yeah. like that and uh it's I great what guy they they mix in interviews done with him and he's talking about like well i'm actually an expert on counter counterterrorism and counter espionage <laughs> And you know, I've, been, I've been quoted in, in some magazines about my work in, you know, counterterrorism. And the interviewer is just like, but yeah, you know, you're he's not so much fun. That guy's out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that he would say that and then go, oh, yeah, now I'm bodyguarding an ice skater. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lateral career move. It's a lateral career move. You know, they, they face <laughs> a lot of global threats, really. You, you can't imagine. Well, I mean, before this guy, they didn't. But apparently they can. <laughs> Man, Gosh. did any did anyone get the glow up that Tanya Harding did? Because like Tanya Harding is a figure skater, and so she was in good shape for a good chunk of her life. But she, but like as far as humans go, she just looked like a person. She wasn't ugly. She was yeah. just an, an average looking human being. And then she gets Margot fucking Robbie to play her in her biopic. Like yeah. oh wow, that's like taking me, and all of a sudden Henry Cavill is playing me. It's yeah, like, this is just unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any one of us, and it's like played by Henry Cavill. It's like, well, that's a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> I feel like we're yeah. stretching honest. here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mario Robbie kills it in this movie. By the way, she's yeah. Well, she's she's a, just, she's a good actress. Yeah, yeah, she's great in everything she does. But I I love yeah. it. she's she's on camera one hundred percent of the time. And does great work, you know, every second of the movie. Mm. Yeah, I, did, I never doubted that. Sebastian Stan plays Jeff Galuli, her boyfriend and husband. Okay, so I have a couple of questions <laughs> at, this, at this juncture. So I rem- I remember vaguely, you know, I wasn't, I don't, I don't watch the Olympics, but I remember vaguely, you know, this scandal. Everyone heard know, about because this how, scandal. Yeah, yeah. How could you not? It's like. It's tragic and hilarious and incredibly stupid and petty at the same time, right? Well, it, and it was at really the height of you know the ni- the late ni- the mid to late nineties were the height of monoculture in the U.S. because we hadn't yet yeah. broken off into getting our news from different uh, different <laughs> websites and so- Facebook and all of that. Well, so, it actually it had already started, but I'll we, we this is not a political debate podcast. We don't need to go into all that. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Though. We were it way had started, more, but we were so much more all following the same story. Everybody was watching the Olympics. And yeah, even, for sure. They even touch on that at the end when all the reporters finally give up and and leave Jeff Galuli's house on the TV. Right. It's the beginning of the O.J. Simpson story. 
Oh. <laughs> um, okay, I here's my next question. Yeah. The only thing that concerns me about this movie is, aside from the insane like scandals and also about whether or not she shot her husband, that sounds kind of mildly interesting. I'm worried it'll get a little slow. So what do you think about that? Well, it it is a sports movie where we're watching someone's rise. So it, there right. are parts of it where it's slow. Like she has to do training and stuff like that. There's a lot of parts of it where the scenes are put in to really show how tough she had it in a lot of ways. Right. And so you're going to get a lot of time spent on that aspect of her life. And that can be a little slow at the beginning. Now, when they do get to the incident, it moves fast. It's moving very quick. Right, right. Yeah, and that makes sense for this kind of movie. And it is funny. They all just refer to it as the incident. They're like, and here's what you're here for, <laughs> the incident. I, um, mm, interesting, 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 interesting. So it sounds fairly uh, drama-packed in terms of... <laughs> The ridiculous actions of these people, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, What's uh, the runtime on this bad boy? Uh, the runtime is 120 minutes exactly. So exactly two hours. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. Just, I wanted to cover one of my favorite moments from the movie. Uh, yeah. Because they're, they're talking about how after the attack, they were able to track down who did the attack and how it led back to, to Tanya Harding. Right. And... The police are showing some of the evidence that they have. And this guy they hired went to stake out what he thought was Nancy Kerrigan's practice arena. Turned out to be the wrong uh-huh. arena, but that doesn't matter for this part of the story. <laughs> he's he In order to, quote unquote, avoid suspicion, he's in the same parking lot, but he moved his car every 15 minutes. So you just see <laughs> all the security... You see all the security footage of a car just moving around the parking lot uh, for hours as the guy. I think not that's suspicious. way more suspicious. So much more suspicious. Like if you parked and got out and went inside and got a cup of coffee, that wouldn't that would be fine. I think they they literally hired the dumbest people on earth to do this, and the yes. movie makes a great great show of it. God. It's like if everyone involved, and in the real life thing, if everyone involved hadn't been the stupidest person, we never would have heard yeah. about this whole character. Absolutely. Case. This would have been. Yeah. This would, well, this wasn't. Well, we would have to heard the about. Movie, this wasn't even the plan. Like, the plan was never. <laughs> according to, to Tanya, anyway. With a the plan was never to just hit her with a, a fucking baton. The plan wow. was just to scare her a little. But, you know, I having mean, your knee I, broken yeah, is scary. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Also that, yeah, I, wow, that's, um, yeah, that, I mean, it sounds like kind of a rednecky plan. You know? <laughs> it's a, and that's the thing, it is the white trashest plan that yeah, has ever yeah. been formulated, and it just happened on an Olympic stage. <laughs> oh, man. with And there had to be cameras everywhere. I mean, like. That, Not at the wow. time, no, I think it happened in like 1994. Or, oh, that's yeah, true. It was 94. That's true. That's true. Any other questions? Fascinating. I, I'm definitely interested. I, I think well, as a as a movie about this moment that everyone knows, I'm I'm not suggesting it is the perfect unvarnished truth about this moment. No, I th- I don't. Uh, we we don't think that, that at all. But I do yeah. think it it gives Tanya Harding a, a much fairer. <laughs> 
you know, a <laughs> much fairer shot, moment in the sunshine, as it were, than she <laughs> truly got in need. the media. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that part's questionable, but she clearly had an interesting life, if somewhat tragic and silly, but... Yeah, very interesting life. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Russ, what do you have for us Russ, what crazy thing did you bring? Yeah, you seem extremely confident, so I'm super curious about this. Boys, I cannot stress to you enough, I had to double check... I paused the movie I was watching three times last night to make (laughs) sure... It wasn't a mockumentary. <laughs> okay. I, for the first about 10 minutes, I was like, there is no fucking way what I'm seeing is real. Okay. You wanted sports, and so I always strive to bring the lesser represented sports. Um, yes. I, I think sports are generally stupid unless you're doing them yourself, but like watching sports competitively, like, you know. It just seems like a waste of time to me. But then again, I play video games. The film that I bring you is Skips Stones for Fudge. What? Boys, I hope you're ready to learn all about the world of competitive stone skipping. Oh, no. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing. Are these the people that movies hire when they have some a scene where someone skips a stone? It I wonder? might because be. Nobody, nobody it, knows how to do that anymore. It might well be, but these boys sure do. They know well, how to I skip mean, stones. I mean, most people don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Please, please do continue. So here is our setup. The film is building up to um, the Mackinac Stone Skipping Competition, which is something that happens <laughs> every year, apparently. In okay. Mackinac. And, and we get In to meet our cast of characters. The drama that is going down between these characters cannot be overstated. These are real fucking people. And I felt like someone... <laughs> it feels like a Christopher Guest documentary. Or mockumentary. Okay. Well, I was going to say, and you have verified this isn't a this mockumentary. This is true. This is 100% okay. true. This is not a mockumentary in any stretch of the way. Um, I suppose we should start with our rivals. The big rivals at the time of this movie are Kurt Steiner... Mountain Man, uh-huh. and Russ Byers, Rock Bottom. <laughs> so that is Kurt, Mountain Man, Steiner, and Russ, Rock Bottom, Byers. I mean, just going on their nicknames, I know who I would bet on, but obviously you'd have to see how they perform. Now, these two have the best frenemy relationship you have ever seen in your life. Because Kurt, Kurt Steiner used to be the top of the top in the rock skipping world. And uh-huh. Russ Byers was initially kind of his protege a little bit. And in fact, there was one tournament where Kurt gave Russ a rock as a show of, you know, like good faith and friendship and right. that kind of thing. And then Russ took that rock and won the tournament with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. So not only that, Kurt Steiner, Mountain Man, Used to be the world record holder for mo- for most skips with a stone. At the opening yeah. of the movie, guess who has just taken the title away from him? <laughs> that would bottom. be Russ Byers, and not only taken it, shattered it. So, Kurt, I, I have Kurt, a question here. I'd like to go ahead to ask real quick. Are they judging the distance of the rock traveled or the number nope. of skips? No, very good skips, question. Yeah. So, I uh, I wrote this down. 
so I, I wouldn't mess up any of the rules of competitive stone skipping. <laughs> right. And the rules are extremely easy. Okay. If not interesting. So there's only three. Number one, stones must be formed naturally. I was wondering. Oh, okay. All right. Because, like, yeah, you wouldn't want someone just machining the exact same you stone. Could, yeah, you could make stone, the perfect yeah. skipping stone. Yeah. Number two, every competitor gets six throws and the best one is taken. Okay. Okay. And number three, the run with the most skips wins. So when you regardless see, of distance. So when you see a stone skipping, you know how it goes does that ping, ping, beep, yeah, beep, beep, yeah. beep, 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 and you get like ring concentric rings coming out from it yeah. every time. Well, that's like how they count it. Now undoubtedly you're saying, Russ, this must be difficult to judge in competition. How do they I mean they I would I assume they use a drone or something, right? What they do is they have five judges. Five oh. judges, each one with his own count. Then, <laughs> after after someone throws, the judges confer on numbers and get an average as to what they thought the okay. run was. This is very interesting because, like, there's a lot of accounting for randomness here, which makes sense if you're using natural stones because rule rule two exists because of rule one. Yeah, the reason you get six throws is because you might get a crappy stone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. And and they do it on all kinds of different bodies of water. And so each guy like comes with his own game plan based on like what kind <laughs> of body of water if they're using a river, if they're using a lake, if it's a calm day, if it's a windy day. If, Doesn't and, it have to be really still to do that? It does, but they don't always skip rocks in still water. Like some, oh, like some okay. of the competitions will be in choppy water. Sometimes, like if they're going for like a record or something, they'll use like reservoir right. water where it's like really super smooth. But during competition, yeah. they might be at the edge of the ocean or something. Huh. Wow. That seems impossible, but interesting. So, and, and you will come to find out it is not impossible. These fuckers <laughs> are like coming up with the wildest trick shots and they're like, they're like doing it between their legs and like doing it upside down <laughs> and it goes in. So we all, we, those aren't the only two. We also have this other cast of characters. So there is, there's also this little like undercurrent of nepotism. That's like running through <laughs> the, the stone skipping community because I can't of, believe in a community that small. Because one of the organizers of of what of the Mackinac tournament, his son uh-huh. is also a competitor, and so that's oh. causing a little just a little bit. And his name is Max Steiner, no relation to Kurt Steiner, Mountain Man. And <laughs> as the movie opens, Max Steiner, this nepo baby has just submitted his entry to the Guinness Book of World Records trying to break Russ Byer's record. Mm. Okay, so it's not only them. We also have, let's see, there is Drew Quayle, the Canadian. There is (laughs) Paul Farrow, the Black Lab. There is Mike Williamson, Airtight Alibi. And (laughs) Dave Omer, Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Okay. And so okay. there's this big montage of like all their training routines and like where they go and get stones because a lot of them, they have like protected areas where they don't want anyone else finding where they get their stones from. Because when you, right. when you go to tournament, you have to supply your own stones. And they have to be naturally made. Exactly. Yeah. And so it looks like a Magic the Gathering convention because you'll have dudes <laughs> rolling up with like lock boxes where it's like, no, these are my tournament stones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my it is God. the goddamn wildest thing you have ever seen. And then, of course, it gets into like their personal lives. And the, the three in the tightest competition are Kurt, Russ, and Max. Right. And so the movie largely follows them, mostly Kurt and Russ. And uh, Kurt has this... At one point, they ask him, what are you doing? <laughs> like, to, <laughs> to no one else in the world is this actually a sport or an anything. Like, it's something you yeah. might do absentmindedly. And all of you guys are stressing about this. Like, this is yeah. this is what you do. This is like... Oh, the, the title, Skip Stones for Fudge, which is a really funny title, comes from... There is one of the prizes that you get for winning the Mackinac tournament is just an ungodly amount of fudge. <laughs> so it's not even cash prizes. Well, th- th- there are some cash prizes, but oh, okay. that's not as funny as the fudge. No, yeah, just fudge. Yeah. Then of course you get like the day of the tournament and drama happens and Russ gets some bad news and like it. it real life is so much better. That you couldn't write a movie. You couldn't write a movie that was more tightly scripted than this bizarre ass fucking thing. And there, Kurt has a monologue at one point. I, I, I kind of trailed off, but it's like, why are you doing this? And the reason he gives for becoming a competitive stone skipper is fucking heartbreaking. Oh, no. it, it, it's existential, the answer he gives. And, it, it, but, oof. but that's kind of towards the climax. I don't want to, I don't want to give away, but, I am sure that you have questions. <laughs> yeah, a few. Okay, my the first thing I'd like to do, and this is not because I don't trust anyone or anything like that. I just like independent verification. <laughs> yes. So, Fry, yeah. I would ask you to Google the title of this film and give me your opinion that it is, in fact, a documentary. And it's not because I don't trust no. Russ. Go ahead. It is because this is the wildest shit Go I have right ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I also trust have a, but verify. I also have an article written by Kurt Steiner uh the, the the guy from the movie well that would be fairly definitive i think uh yeah no i i have no doubt that we will confirm it it's just this is some of the wildest shit that i've ever w- heard like i said I, I i turned on the movie and i did this uh kurt steiner is a real person okay. uh, i've been able to independently verify this with wikipedia in 2023, he appeared in the music video for the song Skipping Like a Stone by the Chemical Brothers. <laughs> uh, here is the oh, IMDb this... summation of this movie. For over a decade, Russ Rockbottom Byers and Kurt Mountain Man Steiner have endured a rivalry that lifted competitive stone skipping to unthinkable heights. Tested by physical ailments, emotional hardships, and the rise of younger talent, these obscure legends fight to cement their place in the record books. Unbelievable Heights sounds like they had, what, five, six people in the tournament? And now so, there's a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fry, is, is it looking good to you, man? I, You know, I think it's real. I love some of the things okay. I'm reading about Kurt Steiner. He well, he focuses, doesn't have to be a good person. He, he just focuses has to be a real on both strengthening skipper. exercises like squats, as well as maintaining a low body fat percentage in order to improve his skipping. Oh, yeah, he's an athlete. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing because, like, John, uh, Russ Byers is like the John Daly of this whole thing because he's the guy who's right. chain smoking and letting his his belly do most of the work. Whereas right, Kurt right. Steiner looks like he's hewn out of iron and. <laughs> or one might say stone. Or stone. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, God damn it. Okay, next question. Yo. I okay, so this is just a documentary then. Yes, like, you're, this, okay. is, this is a documentary right. on. Oh, look at this! European I, records are not measured by number of skips. That European measure. The, yes, they're measured by distance. 
Oh, uh, okay. so Kurt Steiner also holds does not hold any distance uh, does not hold any records in Europe, but he uh, has thrown 373 feet at the competition of the 2018 Welsh Open. That's that seems far. really far. That seems <laughs> like that a sounds really good. Deal, it sounds like yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. Okay. Wow, verified. Thank you, Fry. I appreciate that. I figured it would be. I just, I just had to, no, to check. Uh, again, yeah. I stopped three times when yeah. I was watching the movie to be like, okay, are we serious? I did not know people still skipped stones. Well, like this is you see this in movies from like the forties and fifties, maybe at the latest, right? Like, I mean, I was taught how to when I was a kid. Maybe I could have mm-hmm. been a, a national champion. Mm, I wasn't, but then, you know, I didn't grow up in Texas, so maybe that's a Texas thing. Huh. Well, sometimes you get a lake, you got some rocks, you got nothing better to do. Well, that's that's the other thing, is when you live near the ocean, you can't skip stones on a beach that's constantly with, you know, waves and everything. Yeah, it's so kind of harder. It's, it's, I would say, I was going to say impossible, but maybe not. Let's <laughs> let the champions decide if it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, who am I to decide? Russ, I don't know what to say to this. This is insane. <laughs> I, I've never. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Fry. I'm gonna watch this. Thing. <laughs> oh, you're, you're making the wrong choice. You're watching some silly, silly stone skipping documentary. But it's, it's, dude. I I hear you, but and like, yeah, I, Tanya Harding. It was an important event in the Olympics, and also hilarious. But it's, I mean, I gotta, I get to watch adults compete over stone skipping. Like I. <laughs> I have to, man. Well, you'll have to tell us about it next time. Oh, I will. Oh, my God. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> well, shall we uh, configure <laughs> the wheel? And that's that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. You weren't kidding, Russ. This is... <laughs> I, I would watch this over rewatching Citizen Kane. I absolutely would. <laughs> this was a situation where I absolutely could not tell either of you what movie I was doing. Yeah. Um, I was like, th- this has to come organically. God damn. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick with my categories, which I believe were space horror and time loop. All right. Both good categories. Russ. I want Poland and You Are Gay. Uruguay. That's the one. Best country in the world. <laughs> I like Fry was just going to write it out <laughs> verbatim. And I'm going to do a documentary. Nice. And I'm up for it. You know what? We haven't done this as a category in a long time. So just an anime. Oh, good old anime. Should we narrow it down? Okay, oh, here we go. Okay, for an anime. Yeah, I like that. I like that because it expands it beyond Japan, so that's yeah. cool. Right on. All right. I think it's time to spin the wheel. <laughs> I have a feeling next week I may very well be watching both of the movies. <laughs> yeah, documentaries are, are... I love documentaries. They're great. Especially, you know, and... I'm. I know we can't get a professional stone skipping every time we look at documentaries, but if you find an out of the way one, I'm here for it. God, a like while a ago, I was browsing uh, Amazon Prime and I saw this documentary oh, yeah? that just looked great, 
and I completely forgot what it was and <laughs> haven't been able to find it again. So I'm going to have to just search through all the documents. <laughs> just scroll can... <laughs> until you see it again. One of you remind me of something. Don't don't forget, it is more efficient if you're going to do that on your computer than it is on the TV or whatever. Oh, fair. Yeah. So have you guys been seeing anything lately that you liked and watching anything cool? Because I love short horror, I found yeah. one of those compilations. Yeah called Southbound. And man, if you are looking for some good horror, Southbound ain't Ooh. it. Oh. <laughs> damn it. I saw it based on I, was... I saw it based on TikTok visuals and I was like, "Oh, those the, the, that, that SFX looks pretty good." And then those were some stupid fucking stories. I was mm. aghast, but oh well, what do you do? I I like watching those stories too. And so when I heard you talk about it, I was like, because, you know, 99% of them are trash. Yeah. And so I thought, like, maybe this one, but no, sadly. What about you, Fry? Uh, I've been watching Criminal Minds. Uh, old oh, yeah? show I decided <laughs> to pick up. Uh, but gosh, what is it, that? It's, uh, it's about the uh, a unit at the FBI who basically handles, like, serial killers and things like that. And they, they do it all through profiling and, and that kind of work. Is it Law and Order or is it more like a documentary? It's more like Law and Order. It's it's a oh, okay. bad guy of the week sort of thing, right? But really cool, like team you know teamwork to solve the cases and all that sort of stuff. So multiple people it, using keyboards at the same time. No, yeah, they right haven't. On. They have only one person <laughs> uses the keyboard. We haven't we haven't done that. Yet. Uh, but I, it's, I, it's fun. I, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. I when I heard about that scene from Law and Order, whatever the version of it it was. Yeah. I thought I was being messed with. I didn't. I was like, "There's no way somebody would film that." And then I saw the clip on YouTube, and I was like, "Well, they sure filmed that, that. exists." Yep. Yeah, they sure did. They pointed a camera at those two people on the same keyboard. You, I mean, you even being telepathically linked wouldn't cut it. You'd have to practice that shit for it, yeah, years like to make that work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to practice it for a very long time, and then you'd have to know what you were typing ahead of time. That, uh, anyway, I bet Ugh. there's a I bet there's a documentary somewhere about people who learn to train on you know, work on keyboards two at a time, and there's competition. Fry, if you for can it. find that documentary, I promise I'll watch it. <laughs> That's a guarantee, because that uh, yeah, I have to know. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, any thoughts to leave the listeners with? Just, uh, you know, just go out there, live your best life. Watch watch both of these movies. You don't have to listen to James. You can watch these movies even if James says not to. That's true. The listeners can can watch these films. Yeah. Seize Absolutely. your power back. Watch I, Tonya, and have a taco <laughs> while you're doing it. Yeah, all the power that I've, I've taken away from them somehow. Yes. If you haven't manscaped in a while, do that. No one likes going down on Moses. Hmm. Okay, solid <laughs> advice. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Damn it, Russ. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James, Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink bleach.